I'm Kara Infante, and this is Bookish Flights. In each episode, I chat with one bookish guest as we take some time to sample and savor the pairing recommendations from their bookish flight. We hope to give you suggestions to cultivate your TBR list and nurture your leisure time through books. In today's episode, I am chatting with Stephanie Ritz. Stephanie is a business strategist, mindset coach, and full-time traveler who helps aspiring coaches and consultants to start and grow their business alongside their nine to five, so they can hand in their notice with confidence with a profitable and sustainable business. Stephanie's experiences in entrepreneurship, corporate leadership, and mentoring roles serve as the foundation for her consulting and coaching program. Starting as a teen mom, Stephanie put herself through college, started two successful businesses, and quickly rose to leadership positions in multiple corporate roles. Drawing on her success in the sales, banking, business operations, and coaching industries, Stephanie now works with corporate professionals to tap into and build on their strengths, skills, and intuition to start and grow their own coaching or consulting business. Stephanie earned her BA in communications from Temple University and an executive leadership certification from Leaders Edge. She is a certified coach and an NLP master practitioner. Stephanie is a mom and passionate Philadelphia sports fan. She enjoys experiencing new cities, food, and culture around the world and rooting for her beloved Eagles and Flyers. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. I'm so glad we can make this work today. Me too. I am excited to chat with you. Thank you. Well, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. So as you shared in the introduction, um, I am a business coach and I primarily work with uh, people who are in corporate jobs who have decided to start a business and need a little bit of support and guidance on how to navigate the online space with their coaching and consulting business and navigating that around their busy lives. Obviously, they're working full time. Oftentimes, they have family or parents and things that they're taking care of. So really guiding them and supporting them to grow a profitable business so that when they're ready, they can make that transition happen. That's great. Do you find that, I mean, I feel like this is a loaded question, but do you find that most people are looking for a change from corporate life and that's why they're making this jump? Yes, I think especially post-COVID, you know, everything, perspective changed for everyone in life, right? Like what was going to be a real priority for them moving forward and how they really wanted to live their lives. And I've definitely seen a shift over these last couple of years of people really wanting to own their own space and time and that freedom to be their own boss and work from anywhere, which is certainly a passion of mine as a full-time traveler. I am traveling the world full-time with my business and supporting my clients online. So they're seeing that this is possible. This is something that they can actually do. And it ex- it's been exciting to see that transformation happen for so many of my clients. Yeah. And how exciting for you. I love travel myself. So I am so intrigued by your story. How long have you been doing the full-time travel gig and what made you make the leap? So I started my digital nomad life while I was actually still in my corporate job. So I traveled around the U.S. for a year while still working my job and building my business alongside. And then when it was time for me to make that transition, I quit my job and started traveling internationally. So that's been a little bit over a year for me now that I've been traveling internationally, but two years in total, 
And for me, like I didn't grow up traveling. I didn't have the money to travel. And as you shared, I was a very, very young mom. So, you know, for me, post COVID, it was like, okay, this feels like a really great time and opportunity for me to take hold of my own future. My son is grown. He, you know, left the nest now. He's 22, which I can't believe. And, um, yeah, there was nothing really holding me back from this opportunity. And there's so many people who have those moments in life that think like, one day I'm going to do this, or this feels or looks amazing. But I was like, I'm actually going to do it and show people it's possible. And so I did. And it's, it's been incredible. Well, kudos to you. The whole time you're talking, I'm like, yeah, girl, you did it. (laughs) (laughs) Like thinking about raising your son, right? Because I'm on the other end, my oldest is seven. So we're still in the thick of it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you are. Um, But I'm like, you did it. And then just to be able to do something that I imagine there, I know there are people that do this, but I can't imagine there's this vast network of something that you can lean on to help you have made this transition. I'm sure you did a lot of this on your own. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think when people think of full-time travelers, they're picturing like the 20-something-year-olds backpacking through Europe and living in hostels. And I was like, you know, I'm going to do this differently. And I did find a network of people who were in the travel space for questions and, you know, things I've never run into before, like visas and long-term stays in countries. So I definitely reached out for support in the travel community, but you're right. There's not a ton of people who are in the 35 plus club, we'll say, who are doing this, but they can be. And so I'm really excited to sort of open the window into that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. And how do you navigate that with the time zones? And I imagine with your travels, right, there's a lot of air travel involved as well. So how do you make that work with your schedule? Yeah, one of the beautiful things about being your own boss is you get to design that. And, you know, my clients are oftentimes, like I said, busy working professionals. So they're available for my support, typically nights and evenings, which means like when I head over to Europe next week, I'm going to be anywhere from five to seven hours ahead of like East Coast time on the US. So my US based clients are going to be meeting with me at what will be 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, which is fine with me because then I can sleep until 9, 10 a.m. the next day and I just plan my schedule accordingly. So I do take into account where my clients are located, when they're available, and I can adjust my, my schedule per their availability, knowing that I'm not on any other time clock. I can just, you know, give myself extra time the next morning until my body's ready to wake up. And that's something that I never got to experience in corporate. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Have your own schedule. <laughs> yes. So, and then I, we have listeners, I I think most of you, if you've listened to the show before, know that we were stationed overseas for a while. We got to live in Sicily. Um incredibly fortunate. I consider it like one of the best experiences of my life, but there's a lot of logistics that go into travel. So how do you do that? Like, how do you plan what cities you're going to go to? How do you pack your suitcase for these (laughs) long-term trips? I have so many questions. (laughs) (laughs) I know it has, I've gotten better. I started out with just way too much stuff and was traveling so heavy. I've learned to kind of lighten the load a little bit. I was overpacking on like toiletries and things that I thought, 
I need to have these things. But now that I am more well-traveled and I understand that I can pick things up as I go, I don't need to bring as much with me. I do try and pack layers for different seasons. I would say the shoes is the hardest part, but (laughs) (laughs) again, I can always go buy shoes. So kind of when you shift your mentality to, if I don't have it, I can go buy it. It becomes a little bit easier to pack, but yeah, I do have kind of, you know, one really large suitcase, a large carry on, and then, you know, my, my sort of handbag that I bring with me on the flights, but I get to kind of just go with the flow of the locations that I choose. So last year was very much just in flow. Like I found myself in South Asia and I thought, okay, where do I want to go next? I didn't really have too much of a plan. And then I was like, oh, Australia's right there. Why don't I plan to go to Australia? So I kind of just picked a place and then figured it out from there. This year, I'm a little bit more structured because I've incorporated some of my business into my travels, and I've invited clients to actually come meet me for intensives abroad. Yeah, Yeah. so I'm a little bit more planned out through this year, but once you're in Europe, it's kind of easy to kind of just, you know, move around and pick where you want to go, so yeah, I'm kind of just going down my own bucket list and saying, where in the world do I want to travel and just kind of ticking it off the list as I go and then popping back home if I need to, you know, refresh my wardrobe. I want to see family, of course, doctor's appointments, all of the normal things most people would do once or twice a year. Yeah. So you have a home base that you can come back to then in between. Um, I wouldn't say that. I actually don't have a home. I literally sold everything. So wow. when I come home, I stay with family, I okay. stay with friends, or I book a hotel or Airbnb close by. Sure. And then as far as once you're like, so once you get to Europe, do you do air travel to get around or do you do train or how, how do you get around within Europe? Yeah, I'm doing a little bit of everything. Um, Just the way I sort of mapped it out, some of the locations make sense to do. Like I'm doing a bus for one. I'm flying from Budapest to Belfast because obviously that's a bit of a distance. And then doing the high speed train when I'm going from London to Paris. So kind of incorporating all of it, navigating my way through and packing in a much more sensible way for all of that manual travel. (laughs) When you go out, do you set like a time frame that you're going to be gone for? Or do you set boundaries on it? Or do you just go with the flow? You know, it's funny, I, because I want to make sure that I'm, you know, spending intentional time with family, I, I try not to book for more than like six months out so that I can come back and I have scheduled, you know, I'll be gone for five months, and then I'll be back so that I can see my son and my mom and sister and family. Um, But also, you know, like I said, I think self-care and health care is really important. So also, you know, making sure that I can get in to see doctors and dentists every six months as yeah. well. So I kind of plan around that too. And I'm for long-term visas, is that about the time, is five months about the time frame as well? So no, it's really different per okay. country and region. Um, some countries within Europe, you actually are only allowed to be in total for all of the destinations, 90 days out of a 180 day period. So it can get a little complex um, thanks to Brexit, <laughs> you know, London, UK, um, you know, is separate from that now. So it actually allowed me to extend my time there by adding 
some of those UK components into my European trip. But it's one of those things you kind of just have to look into ahead of time. And there's a lot of resources online to just make sure that you're not overextending visas. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously you being a woman traveling alone, what, how do you feel about safety? Yeah, I get asked this a lot and I think it's a really important question. You know, for me, I grew up in Philadelphia, in the city of Philadelphia. So I, I guess you can say I was growing up with a, a set of street smarts and that has really served me into adulthood. Just being aware of your surroundings and whether you're a woman or a man, when you look like a tourist, you know, you can often be targeted for potential things, but knock on wood, I have had no, you know, concerns traveling and I have literally been around the world and just really being aware, being prepared, being planned ahead of time when I'm going and walking the streets, you know, and really making sure I'm feeling safe. Um, and if something is feeling like a red flag, really listening to my intuition. But so far, I have not had any concerns or issues. Yeah. That's great. And then, so you have this bucket list. How long is this bucket list and how, what percentage would you say you are, are with, have worked your way through? I mean, I'd love to see the whole world, but obviously I think everybody kind of has those handful of locations where you're like, ah, oh, I really want to go here one day. And so after this European journey, there's only going to be a couple of places left where I'm like, this is the top of my list that I really want to see. And hopefully I'll get there next year. So I guess you can say I'm like 80% of the way there. That's awesome. And I think with everything, though, as you travel and you talk to people, you learn about other places that might have never been on your radar. So you're like, oh, I better add that onto my bucket list. So inevitably, it just grows, I think, too. It totally does. I mean, I was so um, uh, unaware of how much was out there in the world to see. Like I said, I didn't grow up with money. Travel was not something that I ever really thought was going to be a possibility for me in this way. And so now that I have a broader scope and understanding of the world, it just sort of fuels the fire to want to see even more. So even when I check off that bucket list, I know that there's going to be more places that I will want to see. Yeah. And I, I feel that too. We've, my husband being in the military, we moved to, we've done big moves, right? Cross country over the ocean. And, but it has allowed us to explore where I don't think we would be able to afford it as a family of five to go fly to Europe and have these European vacations, but we happened to be placed down in Europe. And so we were able to explore Europe or now we're on the West Coast. And so we can explore all the stuff on the West Coast that we've never seen. And so it's been a great way to adventure. So I have, we've been very fortunate in that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, I, the ability to travel opens up so many opportunities for you personally, professionally. There's so much growth that comes from that. So that's so great for you and your children that you've been able to have that piece of the travel adventure through your husband's uh, career. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of carving my own path and doing it myself for now, but hopefully at some point alongside someone else who also loves to travel. I know that's so impressive because right, I have the safety of like, we, we know we have a job and we know we'll have a home, right? When we land somewhere. And I feel like for you that, I mean, you have your job, but like, you know, the home and all of that, like that's a little bit more vague. So I think there's a sense of, I always thought, right? Like the bigger risks you take offer more reward. And I think for you, you're living that. 
Yeah. And, you know, I think it's so interesting because this comes up too with um, entrepreneurship in general, that people see it as a risk and that this lifestyle is a risk because there is no home, but you can always get a, another job. Yeah, I could always go and yeah. rent an apartment tomorrow. So for me, the risk felt really minimal when making the transition, knowing like, there's not limited options here. Actually, the world is my option. So, you know, if I found somewhere that I never wanted to leave because the country was so amazing or captivating, then I could even potentially find options to settle down and, you know, plant long-term roots there. So, yeah, I think that the risk is minimal. I think it's the fear around all the what-ifs and concerns that stop people from going after their dreams. Well, when you think about it realistically, like I could just stop traveling tomorrow and say, okay, I'm going to get an apartment. Maybe I'll get a job or continue with my business and just stop traveling. Yeah. And I think exactly what you're saying is it's a mindset shift, right? Yes. Like not everything is set in stone and we can always change tomorrow. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love that. Well, let's talk a little bit because I also think this is an interesting question. So we're here today to talk about books. How do you do that while, you're tra while you are traveling? So at my, my, as we talked about, my suitcases are packed to the brim. <laughs> so for me, Audible has been my lifeline because I do love to read and I honestly do prefer holding a book and reading sure. it. But I mean, to pick up books and then, you know, to try and travel with them is just too, too much adding yep. that extra weight. <laughs> That one, that one little extra thing actually can really add up quickly. So I have a subscription to Audible and my book list just keeps growing on there. I love it. What type of genres or books do you like to read? So many, um, but I will say generally the most frequent are self-development books, um, autobiographies, and murder mysteries. <laughs> so fun. And I think all those are great as audiobooks. They're great. Sometimes I find... I can't do all genres on audiobooks, but those are ones that really hit the mark for me too on, on audio. Yeah, I love it. And it can make a difference the way that the author presents it on the Audible book. Sometimes it is just better to pick up the book if it's not translating well based yeah. on how they're reading it. But I will say like they really do an excellent job with finding people who really help you picture it in your mind as you're listening. I know. I really, it makes me want to, as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, I want to have an audiobook narrator come on the show because I think they would be so interesting to talk to because I imagine that world is just, it's something I know nothing about. So I would love to talk to them about that. So Definitely. any listeners out there, if you're an audiobook narrator, like message me. <laughs> <laughs> such an interesting profession and such a gift to be able to bring that to people who are like me traveling and can't read it and, and create that in my own mind that they paint that visual picture and it makes it so much more compelling. Absolutely. And then how do you find time to read with your busy schedule? I mean, I'm traveling a lot. So for me, you know, like on planes and trains and automobiles, like we were talking about earlier, that's like the perfect time for me to listen to an audiobook. Um, and I actually have a good amount of time because I have my own business. So outside of my client work that I'm doing, you know, I'm exploring cities. And one of the things that I kind of do as a safety precaution is I put my earbuds in and I'm listening to audiobooks while I'm walking the streets and or have maps on. So I'm hearing the directions instead of looking at my phone like a tourist. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. So it kind of stops the audiobook and says, turn left here. 
Um, and it just kind of keeps me safe. It keeps me entertained. Uh, so I listen to them throughout my day. That is great. I am thinking I got to study abroad when I was in college. And that was the first time I had ever left the country. And I lived in Rome for a semester. <sighs> and it was before the days of smartphones. And the reason I'm telling this story is because we didn't have maps, right? I didn't have the Maps app. I didn't have Google Maps. And navigating a city that I knew minimal amount of Italian, it was so comical. <laughs> like, <laughs> I honestly can't even imagine. I use the apps for everything. Google Translate, Google Maps, I, and especially a city like Rome where you can just be swept up in the beauty and then find yourself like, where, where am I? <laughs> yes, and we would... I don't know if Philadelphia is built like this, but I'm from Chicago and it's a grid system. And so I remember, and my college roommate and I, we went together and so she's from Chicago too. And we're like, you know what, we're going to go out and we wanted to go see the Vatican. It was before school had started. We had just arrived. So we walked to the Vatican and then we go to walk home and we're like, well, if we just take this street, we'll inevitably hit the main drag that took us down to our apartment, which Rome is a circular system. <laughs> so we oh. never hit it. And we knew so little Italian and trying to talk to people and trying to figure out where our apartment was. It was it was such a disaster. I can laugh about it now, but I remember <laughs> like being like, how are we going to get home? <laughs> <laughs> I've had those moments, too. Sometimes the you know, if you especially if you're in a city, sometimes you lose signal. And yeah, like remembering to like, OK, catch your breath. Don't panic. Walk around, figure it out. Find someone who speaks English, because luckily English is, you know, a primary language in some space all over the world. So luckily, I haven't gotten in any situations where I couldn't find my way back. But I understand that panic. And I don't know how you did it back then, because technology has been such a gift for travel. Thankfully, I, I think I was kind of an aloof 20-year-old, so that probably helped. <laughs> Youth definitely helps when yeah. it comes to those types of things. <laughs> so, okay, well, let's jump back out to our book flight here. And then I am super excited for your books that you're talking about today because I've heard of all of them, but I've never picked them up. So I'm oh, excited good. for you to entice me to want to pick them up. <laughs> for me, I chose um, three books that really, I think, help people specifically take that leap from wanting to start a business or wanting to travel or taking the idea and really making it happen, making it a reality. And we talked about mindset earlier, and I am a mindset coach. And so two of these books really speak to the power of mindset in supporting your vision and making your dreams a reality. Um, and the other one has nothing to do with mindset, but so much to do with business in a way that I don't think people um, would identify as a business book because it's not. So do you want me to share the three books? Yeah, let's go ahead. Okay, perfect. So the first book, You're a Badass by Jen Shinsero. Um, she is just a fantastic storyteller about mindset, which is why I love this book. It really is about the power of shifting your limiting beliefs and really understanding who you are and how you hold your power to make decisions in your life and business. And then kind of paired with that is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. He okay. takes a little bit more of a clinical approach and um, really taking a step back as to how your beliefs were formed to begin with. So Interesting. while I, Jen is like a little bit more proactive in like how you shift it for the future, 
Okay. Um, and Gay Hendricks in The Big Leap is as well, but he really gets to more of like the root of why are you thinking this way? And do you know like why your beliefs are the way they are? And this is how we can shift them. Um, I think additionally, The Big Leap was also a really great choice for anybody who's making big changes or shifts in their life or businesses. He talks about uh, the zone of genius, which is a term you may or may not have heard of before, but yeah, it really is like the intersection of all of your gifts and what you really enjoy that the world needs from you. It's really finding your purpose and not just the things that you're really good at or talented at, but also bring you joy to give to others. And so- Yeah, kind of uncovering that, understanding the differences and how to really maximize that. And also the ways that I think people sabotage themselves from really living in their zone of genius. So just an excellent read. Yeah. Do either of them, do they, it sounds like they give you practical tips along the way how to apply this to your life. They do in all different areas of your life, which As a business coach, I take a whole life approach to coaching because there's no way that your personal life isn't going to impact how you show up for your business. So that's really why I love both of these books, because it really is a whole self-development process and shifting your mindset in all different areas of your life to really feel happy and fulfilled with the choices that you're making for your career. Yeah. And I think that's something I tend to be like, I don't want to get older. I don't want to get older. But I think what you're saying and kind of back to the you are about us, I think there's something to be said that as become we become more confident in who we are and we start to recognize what brings us joy, what maybe drains our energy. And this sounds like this could help us be a bit more targeted in our approach, but I think there's something to be said about getting older because you become more confident and well, that's who I am. And like, I don't need to conform to someone else or society to fit in with that. It's just, I can proudly be me. Yes. And Jen talks about that in the book too. Like you do kind of lose that sense of like needing to compare yourself to everyone and, you know, sort of caring less about how you show up and really allowing yourself to own exactly who you are and not trying to fit into anyone else's mold of success or happiness. And so I think both of these tips, as you said, they do offer really tangible things on how to shift your mindset, why you think the way that you do so you can reframe your thoughts so that as as Gay Hendricks says, you can live in your zone of genius and really show up powerfully in your life that way. And as Jen talks about in kind of your entire life, really feeling happy and excited to do that. She's much more kind of enthusiastic and her approach is a little bit different in her storytelling. The lessons at the base are generally the same, but I think hearing them in different ways and reinforcing the power of mindset and that you do actually have control in the design and direction of your life is just such a powerful thing. Yeah. I have two thoughts that came to mind with that. I think I always tell my kids, we can't always control the situation, but we can control how we respond to the situation, right? Like that's, that's the only thing we can control in our life is how we respond. And the other part of that, I was thinking, and I don't know if you've noticed this because now you're kind of in this nomadic lifestyle, which I think we live, we do longer stints, but we do, we have a pretty nomadic lifestyle as well. We've been doing this for 12 years and, you know, been moving around for 12 years. Um, I think that helped 
me let go of the comparison of others because we are moving all over the place and we're with different groups of people every time we move. And of course, we have friendships that have maintained, but those are the people that have become our closest friends, you know, so you're not comparing yourself usually to your closest friends, I think. Um, But I think the nomadic lifestyle helped me with that mindset shift of, well, I mean, this is what works for us and this is our life. And, you know, that has to fit. Yes, 100%. I totally agree. And I think that's why he probably called it the big leap. It's, you know, making those big transformations and transitions in your life and really owning what they are for yourself. And like I said earlier, I think a lot of people kind of stare out the window hoping for one day or someday or looking at other people's lives going, man, she's lucky or he's lucky, but you have control to kind of create that for yourself. And so it just gives you the tools, the tips, the the way to think about how to actually do the thing that you really desire. Yeah, I love that. Well, what's the third book of the pairing? This is one of my absolute favorite books. It is Bossy Pants by Tina Fey. Okay. Not a business book in any way, shape, or form. I personally just love Tina Fey. She's from Pennsylvania, close to where I grew up. Um, So she is, I consider to be a Philly girl. And her story, I just love because it's not that, you know, she was this beautiful Hollywood actress that just hit big. She really went through um, a very normal process of like going to college and then working at the YMCA as her first job because she couldn't land a job anywhere else. And then as most people know, she ended up, you know, becoming a writer on SNL and went on to do Broadway shows and write movie scripts and so many other incredible things. And why I love this book and why I think it's so beneficial for people who are really looking to transition into business is number one, she really delivers it with such hilarious content. But number two is she's a fantastic storyteller, which is so powerful for people who are wanting to start a coaching or consulting business. And so listening to the way that she positions the lessons, there's so many lessons in this book that you don't realize she's teaching you or sharing her personal opinion on things because you're so captivated by her story, but you do get the lesson from it. And so that's really like the big takeaway from the business side of things, but I just love her perspective, her outlook, and what her story actually is, you know, from being this awkward teenage girl with just no prospects for the future to being just the megastar that she is today and transition with family and her views on life, um, I just found really powerful. But the storytelling, I think, is such a huge takeaway for people who want to be in the online space and you know, captured clients in a way that's going to be captivating and sharing their own story. Because generally in the coaching or consulting business, that is the thing that connects us is our stories. Yeah, that was going to be my question. So say you have a client that's just starting out. They're Mm -hmm. brand new to this realm of wanting to go into entrepreneurship. Is writing the story one of the first things you have them do? So their story, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I think a skills assessment is really powerful to bring out because we forget 
so much of what we have already experienced in life. And when I have them do the skills assessment, that includes personal experiences that have impacted either their choice to become a coach or consultant, or that ties into why they are so great at what they do. And so, yes, in a way, that is one of the first things that we do, because there are so many things that we already know that we forget are going to be so powerful in supporting us and supporting others. Yeah. And I I have found even in switching over to doing this podcasting role that there were so many things that translated from my, you know, previous career as a physical therapist to doing podcasting. There was so much that translated that surprised me. Yeah, people do forget. And I mean, in all of our experiences in life, you're like, oh, how how is physical therapy really going to support this? But there were steps and processes that you had to take outside of the work that you did with your patients that are skills that you can build upon that obviously you, you know, have built a a beautiful podcast here and have, uh, you know, are a great host. So, you know, that's a great testament to transitioning your skills and realizing that whether it's specifically for the work that you do, or just in being an entrepreneur that are going to support you to be successful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I love that. I feel like this would be a good time to plug where we can find you. So if people are interested in maybe making this big leap themselves, um, I will include all these links in the show notes, listeners. So don't worry about writing them down. But what would be the best way to reach you? So uh, pretty much everywhere is my name, stephanieritz.co.co. Um, on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I also have a Facebook group of um, like-minded entrepreneurs called the Freedom-Based Business Builders. So happy to have you join in the group as well. So anybody Um, can join that because I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, I want to join this because part of the reason why I wanted to delve out into this podcast world is with this nomadic lifestyle and moving Every time what it looked like as a physical therapist was I would have to get a new license in a new state. Thankfully, we take a national exam, so I never had to take my board exam again. I'd have to get a new license in a new state, and then I go out to job hunt, and I do a very specialized form of physical therapy. So then I would have to build my client list, and that takes like nine months in itself. And sometimes we only have two years in a location, and I'm like, okay. I mean, I love my job but I love my family way more than I love my job. So how can I be with my family more, like my children, especially? I mean, I love my husband too, but he doesn't need me like my children need me. (laughs) Um, But how could I be with my children more and create something that I can take next time we move? Hopefully this podcast will still be going and it's not something I'm going to have to reinvent the wheel on, right? I'm not going to have to start from square one in a new state. Exactly. And that's what having a freedom-based business is all about. Something that you can pick up and take anywhere with you and gives you just the total autonomy of time over, you know, freedom over your schedule. And I think it's so important to be surrounded with like-minded people because as we were talking about earlier, not everybody gets it. Not everyone's going to understand why would you just leave your house and start traveling the world? Or why would you leave your lucrative career to start a business where that could potentially fail or, you know, suffer economic hardship in these times, like all the things that other people assume or think. So um, would love to have you in the group and the listeners as well. (laughs) (laughs) Excited to have you. Yes. Okay. And then I have one last question about bossy pants before we get, you know, digress from that too much. 
Does she narrate the audiobook of it? She does. Okay, she I love does. when they do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and she's so great um, on the audio version too. And she has clip-ins from things from Saturday Night Live, which are really so fun as fun. well. And I just really enjoyed it. I mean, it's a breeze to listen to. You'll be so captivated. But I, the big lesson that I would think, like, listen to how she tells the stories because that is how you can powerfully you know, share a lesson and connect with people on a deeper level. She's such a great storyteller. Okay. All right. Add it to my list next time. My next audiobook up. That'll be fun. All right. So I love to finish the show with bonus pairings, which are just a speed round of questions. So you can just answer these really quick. Where, well, this for you is going to be an interesting question. Where is your favorite place to read? Favorite place? Well, I'm going to say listen, um, yes. because I'm pretty much all on audiobooks. My favorite place to listen is actually in the gym. Um, it allows me to kind of take myself out of the pain of the workout that I am doing and really focus on something enjoyable as I'm doing my exercises. Yeah, this was a question I wanted to ask you. How do you maintain that with traveling, your exercise routine? So I, it changes, which I actually think is probably good for my body. Um, it's not the same thing over and over again. So just depending on what's available, I do try and find places that have either like in a condo that has like a gym in it or um, opportunity for workout equipment nearby. But if not, I am an avid walker and I find ways to kind of incorporate different exercises when I'm out and about in the cities that I'm in. Yeah. And I know with Europe, I don't, I haven't traveled much elsewhere, but you walk a lot. You when do. you're traveling. So that's a, I figured that might be part of it, but I was like, that's something I always found that was hard to keep the continuity going when we traveled. Yes, it, it can be. But I think that you can look at it as a positive that you're kind of changing up your routine every month to do something new. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, what is one book that you have read that has changed your life? Susie Orman's Young, Broken, Fabulous. That book changed my life in my 20s. Um, as I said, I was a single teen mom, and it was very hard for me financially. I did not have any financial support at all. And when I was in college full-time and working two part-time jobs, you know, the debt started racking up to keep a roof over my head for me and my son. And so you know, I was always good with money up through that time. And I needed to get back on track. And I read her book and I literally did everything. And, you know, since then it has led me onto a path that has been much more financially lucrative. But that book I feel really helps give me perspective and strategies to turn my situation around. I love that. Are you a rereader? Yes, I am. But it has to be something that is really specific and tangible. I don't usually read like fun sort of fantasy books again, but things that have like tangible tips, like the books I share today, I sure. have reread all of those multiple times because there's things that I can, that I need to kind of reinforce in my own brain and utilize as tips and strategies in my life and business. Sure. And it might hit you differently after more experiences too, right? It would change. Exactly. Yes, totally agree. Well, lastly, what are you reading next? Uh, I am actually in the process of reading a really fun one. Um, 
The Bassoon King by Rain Wilson uh, from The Office. He, oh, yeah. Okay. It's it's kind of an older one, but like I said, I like um, autobiographies and he, it is fascinating, like a really um, interesting take. I had no idea about, how, you know, how he sort of came up into the acting world and his background and again, he kind of really shares his whole life insight into things and a lot of great perspectives so far into the book. So I'm really, really enjoying it. And he's hilarious too. So that helps. He is the one narrating the audiobook. Okay. So the whole thing is just really enjoyable. So it's a little bit older. It came out a while ago, but I never got around to reading it. So I am now and I'm really enjoying it. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know your time is precious and I appreciate all that you've given me today. Thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. You're so welcome. Thank you for listening to my conversation today with Stephanie Ritz. We'd love to hear what other books you might pair with her books that inspire entrepreneurship at www.bookishflights.com. That is also where you can find more information on today's flight and any other books that we talked about today. I want to inspire a community of readers. So whenever you share a post about what you are reading or what you are picking up next, especially if you have heard about the book on the show, please tag us. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Bookish Flights. This is a brand new show, so if you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. Your review not only helps me, but it also helps the show reach others. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you will not miss an episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As Emma Thompson said, I think books are like people in the sense that they'll turn up in your life when you most need them. Cheers to you, dear readers. Until next time.